was once a man, his name was Jack. He was riding, going on an Amtrak. You ever go, I take an Amtrak to Baltimore sometimes, I love it. He was on an Amtrak, and the doors are about to close, and he sees a young guy, like a 22-year-old guy, run onto the train. So he sees him run onto the train, he sees the boy, the boy's hair is disheveled, he's like, plops into a seat, He's leaning up against the wall, and he looks like out of it. So Jack, who's this sophisticated businessman in a gorgeous suit, his laptop, he turns to, turns to the boy, he says, can I help you? The boy says, doesn't even look at that. The train's going for an hour, he sees this boy sitting next to him, really looks like a mess. He says, sir, young man, can I help you? He says, nah. Another hour. He says, can I help you? Finally, the boy says, okay, I'll tell you my story. My story was when I was a teenage boy, young boy in high school, I was like a little bit of a hermit. I didn't really like going out and playing with my friends. So I stayed home all day and I fiddled around with electronics all day and all night. And my parents would tell me, go out, be with your friends, do things, go to school. I would cut school and just fool around with electronics until one day it happened. I came upon a great invention. I patented it and marketed it and sold it. And in only a short amount of time, I was making millions of dollars. My parents were driving me nuts. I moved out of the house, got my own apartment in Manhattan. I was living the life of the rich and the famous. I got married. I had a child. My parents would call me from time to time. At one point, I just told my mother, please, you're driving me crazy. Don't call me ever again. And I hung up the phone to never talk to her forever. And then one day a man came into my apartment and had an offer of an incredible investment that promised me that I'd never have to work again a day in my life. He says, I invested all my money with him. And a few weeks later, I called him to start seeing some of the dividends and some of the returns. I just got a dial tone. In the flick of a switch, I was done. I didn't have a penny. My wife wasn't gonna deal with it. She left and took the kid. After a few months, I was evicted from my apartment. And I'm walking from house to house, from back alley to back alley, getting remnants of food in restaurants, garbage cans. I had no place. I was homeless. I had nothing. He says, and one day I sat on a park bench and I just palmed myself on the bench and I said, here, I'm going to die. I'm dead. He says, and I fell asleep. I don't know if it was for five minutes or two hours, but all of a sudden I'm alerted and someone's tapping me on my shoulder. And I look up and there's a man sitting next to me and he says to me, young man, you okay? At that point, I had nothing to lose. I wanted to die anyhow. So I told the man my whole story. And the man said to me, he said, there's only one hope you have. The only hope you have is to call the only people on the planet that still care about you. Your mother and your father. The boy said, but I was too embarrassed. I'm not, I gotta call them. Years already, I'm not talking to them. I hung up the phone in their face. I was only a nuisance to them for a decade. I, I can't call them. 
I'm too embarrassed, I'm too ashamed. So what I decided to do instead is I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to my parents and I said, Dear Mom and Dad, my life, and I told them what happened to my life and how I've become a mess. And I said to them, you know, I want to come back home, but I'm too embarrassed to ask. So here's what I'm going to do, and this is how I concluded the letter. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on a train, and that train passes through our town where our home is. Right outside of the train, right by the train station, there's a tree. If you want me home, mom and dad, if you want me home, put a little white flag on the tree. And if I see that when I'm on that train, and if I see the white flag, I'll know you want me, and I'll get off the train. And if I don't see the white flag, that's also okay. I understand. I'll stay on the train and just keep going to the next stop. And the boy says, Jack, right now we're on that train. And we're only a few minutes away from that stop. But I'm too scared. I'm too scared to look. And with that, the boy puts his head in his knees and his whole body starts to shake. And after two minutes, the train is slowing down. 100 feet, 75, 25. The boy picks up his head and he says, Jack, could you look for me? I'm too scared. And Jack says, okay. And the train comes to a stop. He looks out the window and he turns to the boy. And the boy looks and he says, Jack, what do you see? Jack says, I see the tree. And the entire tree is covered in a white cloth. And the boy got off the train to his mother and father waiting to see him. Welcome home. Hashem right now in this month has every single tree in the universe covered in a white cloth waiting for you and me to come home. This is the month that we find our superpower and we seize the opportunity. This is the month we reconnect to the people that make our life rich in every important meaning of the word. This is the month that we make sure that we understand and we realize what life is about and how fish are meant to swim and Jews are meant to live. This is the month that we understand that complacency kills. And instead, I'm not going to sit and be loved by whatever society thinks the good weather is supposed to meet. Instead, in this month, I am going to wake up. This month, I am going to be alert. This month, I am going to think. I am going to focus. I am going to see Hashem's open checkbook. And I am going to make a request. Because this is going to be the month that I make the leap from good to great.